We're in our third week of our marriage series, and uh, it's been good. And we're going to just jump right in this morning. And, you know, the thing about marriage, it's, it's marriage is a, it is a distinction. It is a title within itself. Like, you, I am married. I want to be married. It's this, it's this thing, right? And yeah, it's, it's a thing. Um, you're not going to get that kind of insight in any other church. Um, <laughs> I did a lot of research this week on that. Um, but, you know, you, you, come, you, you come to the altar when you get married, and you come as uh, the man is a man, a woman comes as a woman, and, and they, they, we, we assume these titles. We leave the altar as uh, husband and now wife. And we have this new title, right? And we're, we try and figure out, what does this mean? How do, I, how do I do this husband thing? And how do I do this wife thing for the other person? And for, for some marriages, as, as the marriage goes along, it involves children, and, and this this man that was at the altar that became husband now becomes father. And this woman that was at the altar uh, that became wife now becomes mother, right? And, and as we grow in our jobs, we assume these new titles and these new roles. And we have all these new things that change in our lives that when, where we were at when we were at the altar exchanging vows with the person across from us. And so we have these new roles, right? And, the, and these can be very good things. The title of husband, the title of wife, the title of father, the title of mother, and all these new titles that we get in, in whatever we're doing, whether it's work or outside of that, are good things unless they replace the thing that we were before instead of add on to who we were before. And we, we get in trouble in our marriages when we allow a title to be the only thing that we are. Like, for instance, we say Happy Mother's Day this morning, and rightfully so, because we have some awesome, awesome moms here at Beaches Chapel. But let's also remember that, moms, you have a first and last name, too, right? You are a person beyond just being a mom. And in our roles in, within our marriage, we are more than just these titles that we have. We are the very people that stood here. Remember, when you gave your vows, you didn't say, I future blah, blah, blah title, take you future blah. No, we, we called each other by our names. We said, I take you, this person. And our marriage can get all rocky and, and all confusing when we only assume this one thing now and forget about who we were. Let's listen, let's listen to what God calls us and maybe we can learn a little bit from that. Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you. All right, so here, here we have again, God is, is claiming his authority, right? He's saying, look, I formed you. I created you. Just like he created marriage, right? As he created everything, God has the authority because the creator of something has the authority over that which is created, not the other way around right? The pot doesn't call the potter and tell him what to do. The potter shapes the pot. And as much as we would like to think that we are in control, and we do this sometimes with the Lord, he has the authority. So he is establishing, look, in my authority, the one who formed you, the one who created you says, listen to me. Do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God doesn't call us by our title. When Jesus called his disciples, he didn't say, hey, tax collector, hey, fisherman, hey, doctor, right? He didn't do any of that. 
he called by name. And when, check this out, when the name was wrong, he said, I'm changing your name, right? You don't have the right name. I'm changing your name to who you really are because I see who you really are. And it's not a title. So God in all of his authority, as, as the God who formed and created us says, I'm calling you by name because that's who you are. Not by your title. As good as those titles can be, that's not what I am calling you. Listen, today, I want, I want to be very clear on something this morning. You know, we, we know and we can see if we look at the world and, and, and have looked at it for a long time, the institution of marriage has been under attack. For a very, listen, and not just in the past five or ten years or whatever, I'm talking about decades. Because if we look at the rate of divorce, it is up and to the right. And has been for a really long time. The enemy has always attacked marriage, always attacked family, because he's attacking a gift that God has given us to grow in him. And he wants to break that apart. And if, I'm being, if we can just zoom in to Beach's Chapel, not to expose anyone or anything like that, but I really believe that this marriage series is a timely one. Because if we go back, to, if y'all went back to January with us in our staff meetings, there was not a discussion of marriage being a series this year. It wasn't on the calendar. But God changed that and said, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do it a couple weeks after Easter, which is not usually the typical time that this is talked about in church. But it's because there are some challenging times for some marriages, I believe, here at Beaches Chapel. For those of us in this room and those watching online. And what I want to tell all of you this morning is to listen to God's word right here that we just read, that as the creator, as the one who formed us, what does he say? Don't be afraid. If you're in fear over your marriage, if you're fearful that you're never going to be married, if you are afraid that a divorce has robbed you of what a marriage could bring, I want to echo what God says to you as his children. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Remember your original title. That you are his son and you are his daughter and you are his. He's saying, you are mine. And I created everything. And I formed everything. And I'm not going to allow you to walk in fear. God doesn't, you know, God doesn't give us this amazing gift of marriage that is, yes, a gift and is great, but is also incredibly hard. It teaches us all the lessons, right? And then say, okay, good luck. <laughs> Let's see how you do with that one. He doesn't do that. He stays with us. He's with us in all of it. But sometimes he has to remind us, look, these titles that, that I've given you, they don't define you. I define you. And I call you by your name. I call you my child. And I tell you, you do not have to be afraid. So if you're walking in fear this morning, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would leave here not being reminded of who you are in Him. So, you know, the first week, we're in our third week of this series. The first week we talked about the roles of a godly husband and a godly wife. Last week we talked about intimacy. Today we are going to go back to the beginning. I want to go back to the beginning of your marriage. To remember who we are. What even got you to the altar to say those vows to your spouse? Like you have titles now, but what was, 
What did you call each other then, right? Did you have nicknames for each other? You know, like, oh, you know, little honey bear, sugar pie, this, you know. You know, schmook, you know, just the things that people would hear you saying, like, I really hate them so much. You know, those kind of names. Do you remember what you called each other then? Like, no, but I remember what I call him now, right? <laughs> I got a nickname for him now. I'm not going to say it in church. I'll have to tithe extra next week. But do we remember? Do you remember what brought us to the altar at that time? I want to read something. I think this is the whole sermon here, y'all. This is it. You pay attention to this. This is powerful. It's out of Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. It says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. Listen to this, verse 3. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. So you've done all these things, right? And all these good things. But verse 4 says this, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. So all these first three verses are all these good things that have been done. And you think, okay, here comes the pat on the back, right? Here comes the good job. I'm proud of you. But instead in verse 4, it says, I have this complaint towards you. You don't love me. You don't love me like you used to. Man, can that sound like some marriages where I'm doing everything. I'm trying really hard. I'm not quitting, right? The, the dishes are washed. The, the lawn is mowed. The bills are paid. The kids are taken care of. All the stuff's going. I'm doing everything that I can. Yeah, but you don't love me. You don't love me. Remember, our marriages are, are a reflection of our walk with Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. And what, is, what does God say over and over to us? It's not about your works. It's not about what you do. It's about your heart. Remember, Jesus saved us by grace, not by works, so that none of us could boast. He died on the cross for us before we even knew him. He said, I love you first, so then you can love me. But I'm going to lay down my life for you in my grace and my love over you. And then we can have a relationship. And as we walk with him, as our hearts are turned towards him, then the works follow. Not begrudgingly, not out of obligation, but because we want to because we're so in love with him. And then what, what happens is if we get it backwards with, with Jesus. If we start doing things out of obligation and it becomes this religion, then guess what? Even though we might be working for him, we're far from him. The same exact thing can happen in our marriages when our titles take the main role instead of who we are to the other person. And all of a sudden I'm working really hard for you and I'm doing all the things for you. I'm fulfilling this title that I now have. We don't love each other. It's backwards. It's backwards. And we wonder, why are you complaining? I'm working really hard. Because now we've let this title become our marriage versus the other person. We don't love anymore. So here's, here's my question for you this morning. We're asking questions every week. Here's my question for you this morning. It's a two-parter. The first question is, what made you fall in love with Jesus? What made you fall in love with Jesus? What got you to that place where you said, I'm in. I'm giving it to you, Lord. 
Was it how you were living your life before and it was, it was just a mess and you were beating your head up against the wall and then someone presented you with Jesus and it was this radical transformation? Was it that you grew up in church and you continue to be poured into and just begin to learn more and grow in the Lord more and just that, that, that falling in love was this process? What, what was it for you? Because if we don't love Jesus in our marriage, we don't stand a shot. So what brought you to that place with Jesus? And then secondly, what made you fall in love with your spouse? What was it? And I, I'm pretty sure the answer is not you cut a mean lawn. Right? How you edge is awesome. Yes, I will marry you. I have a feeling it was more about the person that you are. How you made them feel. The attention that you gave them. Not the things that we do for them. Somewhere along the line, it changes. Our approach changes. We need to go back to the beginning. And remember, Isaiah 63, starting in verse 7, says, I will tell of the Lord's unfailing love. I will praise the Lord for all he has done. I will rejoice in his great goodness to Israel, which he has granted according to his mercy and love. He said, they are my very own people. Surely they will not betray me again. And he became their savior. In all their suffering, he also suffered. And he personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them through all the years. But check this out in verse 10. But they rebelled against him and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he became their enemy and fought against them. So there's this amazing time where God suffers with them. He rescues them. He becomes their savior. But then there's this division that happens, right? And there's this, there's this butting of heads. There's a separation. It started good, and now it's not good. And you know what it says in Isaiah? How the, it, how the Israelites came back to the Lord. Listen to what they did. Verse 11. Then they remembered those days of old. They remembered. Oh, right. This is why we fell in love with you. This is what you've done for us. This is who you are, God. We need to remember our spouse. We need to remember those days of old. What got us to the altar in the first place. So we forget. We forget and then the division comes. The division happens. It's time to get back to the beginning and ask yourself, what made you fall in love with your spouse? John 10, starting in verse 3, says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Jesus calls us by name. He calls us by name. And what do we do? We follow him. He doesn't ask for a title. He doesn't ask for this or that. He just says, come on. I want to encourage you all this week. Call your spouse by name. Call him by name. I don't want to ask for, um, you know, a show of hands or anything like that. We're not looking to expose or anything. But last week I, I implored you to go on a date um, and I know it was short notice, right? So I even gave this little 
you know, caveat that if you can't do it this week, put it on for next week. Well, that's this coming week. This is the, we're in it, right? Um, and look, I, I didn't ask anybody, actually, if they did this. But I, I would imagine that probably less than half of us actually went on a date last week. And, and who knows how many of it have it on their calendar for this week. And the excuse is, well, it's just, just too busy. Right? We've got too much going on. We're busy. Well, busyness a lot of times is what gets us in trouble in the first place. Our titles have made us busy. And we've made our titles more important than our marriage. And busyness can be, you know, a code word for routine. And routine can be a nice way of saying rut. Where I'm in a rut. Well, no, I'm just busy. No, that's a rut. Why don't I want a routine? No, you're in a rut. And the way, you know how you get out of a rut? By getting out of the rut. <laughs> By changing how you do things, right? By taking a brick to the glass window of rut. And breaking it up. Saying, all right, we're going to try something new. We're going we're gonna to go out to dinner over the ditch, right? We're going to leave the beach. <laughs> we're going to get out of this rut. And we're going to call each other by name and just put the titles aside. Put the busyness aside. Because the title was not with you at the altar. When you gave your vows, you didn't give them to a title. You gave them to a name of the person that you fell in love with, not because of the things that they did for you, but because of how they made you feel, how they made you laugh. They loved you. You need to get back to the beginning. Remember the days of old. Get out of this rut. Get out of busyness. Stop worrying about the title so much. If God calls us by name and isn't worried about our titles and says, don't be afraid, then we can do that. We can do that for each other. Have the band come back up. And I, I want to say to the moms, I, I want to say for me personally, happy Mother's Day. And we love y'all. It is a thankless, exhausting dirty job that no dad in here wants, all right? Like, good for you, all right? Not for me. And I, I want to I encourage you too, ladies, come on Wednesday night to the well. We've been, we've been praying over this, talking about this for a long time, and this well, this vision was, was given by the Lord, and Y'all need each other. You need each other. And I've, I've, I've never been on stage, like participated leading at a women's meeting, but I've been in the back running sounds a while ago. And man, you ladies, like, it's like first strum of the guitar on your face crying. It's just this amazing, like, we're in it. We're in it right here, right? And it's good. I just want to say, like, you need this. You need to be poured into. And we love you. We, we as Beaches Chapel, we, we love the women in this 
in this church and what you do and how you serve and what you offer. And I just want to encourage you, six o'clock Wednesday night, be here for it because you are more than your title. God sees you as his precious daughters and he wants to pour into you. So be here. It's going to be powerful. I know it. Proverbs 31 verses 10 and 11 says, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So we will have no lack of gain. I never, ever, 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 ever um, want to use this stage, this pulpit for like my personal gain, my, my personal whatever. Uh, this is the Lord's. This is his house. And I serve him as much as the greeters in the back and the parking team and everyone working at base camp. But I, I do want to say this morning, uh, as, as I read Proverbs 31, 10 and 11, um, that I didn't find a virtuous wife. I didn't stumble upon a virtuous wife. I was gifted a virtuous wife. Um, Jesse is a living, tangible testimony of God in my life where, you know, just, you know, our walk with the Lord is hard sometimes, and just kind of somehow like, Lord, where are you? Where are you? And when I'm in those moments, all I have to do is see her and say, all right, you love me because you let me be her husband because I don't deserve her. And she is, hold on, I'm not done. Let me get through this. Stop it. It says the heart of her husband safely trusts her, and I safely trust you, Jess. For these last 15 years, I have had no lack of gain because of you. <laughs> and, you know, you work tirelessly for our girls, for me, for this church. And for a season, you did things that no one saw. You logged hours that you didn't report. You paid out of your very shallow pocket for things here at the church you stayed and you endured when it was really hard and you had very little support. No one saw it except me and Jesus. And I just want to say thank you. I love you. And happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and happy anniversary. All right. I did that for two reasons. One, because I felt like I was supposed to. <laughs> I did that for two reasons. I felt like I was really supposed to. I don't, I don't, I don't want to use this for personal stuff, but also because I realized yesterday um, I forgot to get a Mother's Day card. And so uh, there it is. I asked my oldest daughter, Cassie, who's like an expert in writing cards, hey, you gotta make mommy a card. She's like, I was actually thinking of something else. She told me no. I'm like, well, plan B, here we go. Um, but listen, I, I can say that from up here, but I know if, well, I don't know if they, our husbands would actually come up here and do that, but I know there's good, good men who love you ladies in here. And uh, on behalf of them, I want to say happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, we got a good group. 
good group of ladies in here. And for those, I want to say again, that are looking, waiting, waiting for that spouse to come. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Return to your first love in Jesus. Return to your first love in Jesus, and he will walk you through. But let's stand up. We're going to worship one last song this morning. I just want to pray over all of us. Father, we love you. God, we just want to say we're sorry uh, when we get lost along the way, when we, even on accident, not even on purpose, we put titles ahead of who we are to you and to our spouse and our loved ones around us. When we let those things occupy our time more than the relationships that we have with you and those around us, God. Or the truth is one day, we're, you know, our kids move out, we retire. All those things are gone and it's us and you and us and our, our family and our spouses, God, and our friends. It's about relationships, Father. So Lord, this morning, I pray that we would return to you and return to our spouse calling them by name. Thank you, Jesus, for this reminder. And God, I thank you that you don't make us work our way back to you when there's division and there's separation and we're so far from you, as soon as we remember you, as soon as we go back to those days of old, you're right there. God, I pray that same thing over the marriages in this room where there feels like there's this great chasm. God, that as they remember each other, that they're right back there, right back with each other. That we wouldn't have to wait, wouldn't, wouldn't have to check all these boxes to get back, Lord, that they would just be back in that moment, that it would be rich and it would be good and it would be those days where all they wanted to do was spend every waking moment with one another. Bring that back, Lord. Let us remember those days. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness to us, Lord. Your faithfulness over our marriages, your faithfulness to those that are searching for that, your faithfulness to those that are recovering from a broken marriage, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And God, we do pray a blessing over our moms and for those that do struggle on this day. Missing their mom, bad relationship with mom, Lord. We just know you're in all of it. You're in all of it, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your homework for this week is to tell the person, tell your spouse, tell them what made you fall in love with them. Gush over them. Don't just tell them that you love them. Tell them why. Tell them why. And again, pray with and for each other this week. Pray with and for each other. It doesn't have to be an hour-long prayer intercession. It'll be five minutes. Pray with and for each other. Amen. Let's worship.